Let me introduce you. Let me introduce you. Sorry. <laughs> Graham, you're supposed to talk now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Welcome to Let Me Introduce You, a film and friends podcast where three dear friends from college 20 years ago discuss their favorites in film that at least one of us has not seen before. And let me tell you, we have very different tastes in movies. We are in week two of our Let's Get Musical. 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 Let's try it again, y'all. Let's, let's get on key. Let's do it. For, for, do it for the listeners. One, two, three. Let's, let's get, get music. <laughs> terrible. It's even it's worse. It's really hard to coordinate over Zoom. It's terrible. It's terrible. But I, I, I was never it. in choir, and there's a reason why. I I am your your lead this week. My name is Graham, and I'm uh, I'm with my two muses, my two <laughs> amazing muses that have inspired me for years. I'll have you introduce yourselves. Go. My name is Katie. Hi. I'm, I'm so happy to be here with my other two muses. The Katie, the muse of gore. And <laughs> is that a Greek muse? The Greek muse of gore? That's that would make Greek sense. Muse. The Greek muse of gore. It's perfect. Hi, I'm yes. Ashley. Am I amused? Do I? I am amused often, but am I a muse of anything? You are the muse of a bold lip Thank you. right now. Yes. Your true. lipstick is amazing. Yeah, you're, providing, you're providing inspiration <laughs> to others. I'll, I'll tell you guys about it later during a mini Let Me Introduce You at the end of the episode. Oh, great. We haven't done those in a while, so stay tuned to the end, folks. So we are in the, in the middle, not the middle, or the beginning of our Let's Get Musical films about music miniseries and this week we the namesake of our of our miniseries title let's get musical yes we are talking about olivia newton john's disco roller skating greek mythology venice beach my my opinion epic xanadu (laughs) yes we sure are (laughs) can we just call it can we just call it a fever dream that's you can you can literally like name any genre, and I think it is encompassed under here. Political politics? I don't think so. I mean, everything's political. There's a politics right? of music. That's true. Yeah, well, you know, and politi- the industry, actually... music industry. Mm-hmm. Oh, and there was negotiating in this. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. okay, great. Okay, I want to hear so... more about the horror aspects later from Katie. Yeah, well, I'm sure Katie has. That Actually, us. I didn't get too too bad. <laughs> I have I have some thoughts on it, but I didn't get too bad in the term of how is this a horror movie? I mean, I can. It's is, right. is it more about like right. the horrors of capitalism and crushing an artist's dream? <laughs> no, but see, uh, I didn't I didn't th- concentrate on that I, one this, this well, time. Well, there we go. I'm I already can tell this is going to be amazing. <laughs> Shocking that I picked a campy classic like this, right, y'all? I know. Who's who's surprised? I feel like you all wanted to watch this movie. Oh, I did, so, for sure. Me too. Yeah. For years. I think years. when we were thinking about future themes, you guys were like, did you, Grim, you've seen Santa too, right? I go, oh, yes. <laughs> so I'm glad that we were able to watch this. So before we dive deep into you know everything we're going to talk about, Katie. Yes. Let's hear one of your famous... Summary. My synopsises. How about you synopsisize uh, our our trip to Xanadu? Trip is trip. a perfect name. <laughs> so uh, yeah, this movie, which I am increasingly unsure if I have should have been high to watch. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I I was like maybe I feel like this. It was one of those like when you'd go to like the laser show at the at the planetarium type movies. Mm-hmm. But it opens with a man playing clarinet on the beaches of California. 
very calm, very serene. Little did I know that Gene Kelly was in this movie. No idea. Yeah, a, a man, that is Gene Kelly. I didn't know, so Clarence played <laughs> Show some respect. So then we meet Sonny Malone, played by Michael Beck. He's a struggling artist who can't seem to decide on a mode of expression for his artistic talents. He's drawing, he's painting, he's using ink, he's using charcoal. He keeps crumpling up his failed pieces of art, and he tears one up and throws it and litters outside into the wind, where these pieces of litter blow into a mural, giving electric life to the nine women depicted in the outdoor painting. So these women dance off in varying directions across Los Angeles, and we focus on one of them, Ms. Olivia Newton-John, and we see her skating down the Venice Beach boardwalk, and she runs smack dab into our struggling artist, kisses him, and skates away. We learn that Sonny is a painter, reluctantly working for a record company. He recreates album covers to be displayed outside of record shops, and his latest project is a record cover featuring Olivia Newton-John, this <gasps> woman who just kissed him on the boardwalk. What? So he becomes obsessed, and he must track... <laughs> get it? He must... No. An album track. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I get it. I just, I didn't think it was that funny. <laughs> of course it's not. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Olivia. So he must track down this strange woman. He goes back to the beach and finds a clarinet player who I said before was Gene Kelly playing a character named Danny. And the two strike up a very odd and unlikely friendship. Meanwhile, Sunny locates Olivia Newton-John, who goes by the name Kira, as she creepily decides to pop in and out of his life and reveals nothing about who she is, where she lives, her past, whatever, nothing. But Sunny's enamored with this total mystery. So Kira implores Sonny and Danny to go into business together, opening a new club, which she suggests be called Xanadu. She orchestrates, she orchestrates everything, the meeting, the design of the club, the music, literally everything. And in the end, we get a giant conflagration, which is a word I use ironically, given the eventual real-life destiny of Xanadu. A giant conflagration of roller skating, musical numbers, disco, big band renditions, and a huge mishmash of theme, genre, dancing, timelines, and above all, singing. My God, all the singing and all the genres... As I mentioned, there's fantasy, musical, sci-fi, romance, time travel, mysticism, and Greek tragedy. This has it all. Animation. And animation, yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So even after Kira reveals herself to be one of the nine muses, daughter of Zeus, and she falls in love with Danny, breaking the muse rules that love cannot keep them apart, Kira is allowed to perform at the grand opening of Xanadu, a one-night showcase where the she then disappears right after it. So Danny extremely quickly moves on and picks up the cocktail waitress at his own club, who looks exactly like Olivia Newton-John, and then we start him down the road of life where he will live in constant disappointment and agony of never having fulfilled the love of his life. <laughs> All hail Xanadu. That is not the how end. I read it. <laughs> <laughs> it was so clear because that's what happened with Danny. He he met he met a muse in his when he was the muse was Kira. He met the muse Kira when he was a younger man, and then he never married. His life was in despair. He he was very lonely. So I can only imagine that's what's going to happen to Sonny. But yeah, 
That's it. Moral of the okay. story, don't get inspired because you'll just be disappointed. Don't for fall in love with some rando strangers that don't tell anything about themselves and keep popping up out of nowhere and you don't know where they live and you don't know what their last names are. That's, Red I mean, that's flags. good advice. Red flags to be a muse. Yes. That is Kira at the end. No, it's not because he's like, yes, it he's is. like, oh, hi, how are you? It was, I read it as they were like, oh, hey, oh, you're here. Well, Graham, hi. you weren't giving the synopsis, so. Okay, yeah, I well, actually am. I'm on Team Graham for this one. Thank I'm you. like, oh yeah, she 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 gave <laughs> yeah, up Katie, being amused to yeah, choose love. Yeah. Didn't you hear Zeus and his wife being like, yeah, sure, fine, do it. God. Yeah. <laughs> when you, when he journeyed to Mount Olympus, <laughs> and he jumped yeah, so through by, a mural by skating through a mural. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was kind of hoping. So yeah, there's there's one point where you know Kira disappears and because she's like, I've fallen in love and it's broken the muse rules, and so he tracks down the mural where her and her sisters, uh, you know, came to life from in in the open, and he goes and skates right into it, and that transports him to to the land of Zeus. But I kind of was hoping he was just going to smack right into the wall. But he, I know, that would have been but funny. He did, not, he yeah, but this was not film. a physical comedy. That is the one no. one no, genre true, that wasn't not represented. Comedy. This was not a spoof. Yeah. Well, yeah, Xanadu, y'all. This movie is a classic to lots of people. Why did I pick this? Yeah, why is this a I'm cult gay. classic? I'm gay. That, that is the only reason. <laughs> well, so let's get some background. So this was released in August of 1980, so over 40 years ago. Yeah, so Universal originally wanted to have this release in December of that year, but they were like, you know what, let's push it up a couple more months. And the original budget was $4 million, and they were going to make this kind of like rote roller boogie, roller skating kind of a film. Because in the late 70s, I don't know if you're aware, there were a lot of roller skating movies out. Roller skating was big. Disco was big. Including Roller Boogie with Linda Blair from The Exorcist. Oh, wow. Have we seen that? I've not seen if that. Not, that is going to happen in a future episode. <laughs> and that is very... That's not a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> when it was brought on, the bu- budget ballooned from $4 million to $13 million. What? Which is a pretty extent... The, the set itself of Xanadu at the end cost over a million dollars. Okay. During the production of it, the script was being written, <laughs> so that also <laughs> lent itself to a bit of a mishmash of, I mean, of lots of different scenes that don't really connect with one another. I've seen worse Pippi Longstocking things that don't make sense. Yeah, I've seen worse too, Halloween 3. <laughs> so, hey, there was a storyline. So that I would say there was so, a storyline in both of those. I'm just thinking about like how horrific... Did it have to be to do the location scouting and all of the pre-production work if you're writing it while you're filming? Because normally right. films aren't, they aren't filmed in chronological order, right? You go based off of like when you can get locations and how long certain things take. Yeah. I feel so bad for like the crew having to figure all this out. I'm excited yeah. to talk about the locations when we get there. So, yeah, so it was released in August. It made... 20 plus million dollars. It wasn't like this massive financial failure. It just wasn't a hit at all. The soundtrack, however, with the incredible music by Electric Light Orchestra, which which we will be talking about the music. I had no idea it was ELO. I saw saw that they were like ELO. I was like, holy crap. Yeah. So that spawned like 5 million copies. Like people were obsessed with the music. So... You know, it does star our, our queen, Olivia Newton-John. This was her follow-up right after Greece. 
two years later. John Travolta was talked about to be the Sonny Malone character, but he was busy working on the critically acclaimed Urban Cowboy. And so they got Michael Beck from The Warriors. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I'm like, I'm pretty sure John Travolta made the right decision. I think so. But they, well, they they reunited years later for a terrible movie called Two of a Kind. Mm. If you've seen that, you know. It's awful. Do not bother. And, of course, we have Gene Kelly in this, who apparently took the role because it was, the set was so close to his house. I'm like, sure. I'm just sure. like, did you take it because it was close and because you were just going to get paid good money to do whatever? Probably. He seemed sure like he was, he was having a ball making this horrible he's film. having a blast in this movie. And it's his last film. Really? They ever, that he ever acted in. You know, he passed years later. But, yeah, it was the last thing that he, he ever did. A couple, the, the, an interesting credit here is the choreographer is Kenny Ortega. <gasps> of High School Musical fame. I of saw that musical. and I was like, Kenny! Of Hocus Pocus film director, Newsy film director, what? choreographer of Dirty Dancing mm-hmm. and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Like, this is his, like, really kind of first film credit. Wow. Uh, so he had a pretty illustrious career uh, after, after making Newsies this. is one of my favorite movies. I love Newbies. I've never, I've never seen <gasps> it. Oh, my gosh. It is such a vague memory to me. We got to put it on the yeah. list. Why did I pick this? As I mentioned, I am gay. I am a homosexual. Grim, are you gay? <laughs> These are the, but are you gay? These are gay. Uh, this, is, uh, this is a gay movie. Wait, Grim. I wanted to ask. So... It, it like my understanding of it is is like one one there are several like gay icon cult movies. Why is this one one of them? I think it varies from person to person, but we love a disaster sometimes. <laughs> and so we, I mean, I I like it is. It's a film that is trying so hard, and it's campy, and some of the camp isn't intentional, but. It's just deliciously bad in a tongue-in-cheek kind of way, and it's almost like it doesn't... They're not trying to make anything brilliant here. They're just trying to make you have a good time. And the music is... I think the music is stellar in this. And re-watching this, some of the musical numbers, I'm like, that is amazing. I love it so much. I had a big smile on my face for most of this. This, I think, is a film that's... Be- the parts are much better than the whole. I agree with that. Because yeah. there are, I, I personally don't end up caring much about their relationship. Michael Beck is very bland in this, and he's miscast. Yeah, I agree. But like, yeah, so the musical numbers for me just just make it worth it. And, and the final ten minutes, which are just bonkers, I I, bonkers. I, I'm watching it. I'm like, what? What is? Make happening? it so great. So let's get to your reads on it. Let's start with Ashley. And I'm curious, like, you heard so much about Xanadu. What did you expect it to be about? And then what did you get? Okay. I love that setup because literally all I knew about this movie is Olivia Newton-John disco roller skates. That's all I had going into it. Except then we watched the trailer the day before and I was like, oh, Gene Kelly. Okay. Yep. I still, after watching the trailer, I was like, I don't really get what this is going to be about. I don't really know what's going on. But I've heard so many things. I have heard of its cult status. I was like, I, obviously, I've got to watch it. I've got to watch the experience that is Xanadu. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's got, her, she's got her hand on her face. It was not good. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like, I feel like I didn't get it. 
I think, you know what the problem is? I think there's certain camp that just like goes over my head or it just isn't an interest of mine. And I'm just like, I don't, what? And I feel as though it would have been different had I seen it 10 or 15 years ago when I didn't have a cell phone that I could distract myself with and I would be forced to pay attention to it a little bit more. But yeah, I just was like, I don't, what's happening? Why? And what? I was like, what is the story? And then he doesn't know what his passion is, but now he's going to open a club with Gene Kelly, but then he's not happy with that. And I was like, brother, you got to look within because you're really unhappy with yourself if you can't find all this external validation. I think Olivia Newton-John is great. This was definitely a, a, a miss for her. It was fun to see Gene <laughs> Kelly. I liked seeing their little dancing scene, you know? Yeah. I liked the effect that they use where they were clearly, like, layering two images over and then bringing them together. I got so confused when you're watching it and they go to the empty club space and there are, like, all the different types of bands performing and then they eventually mesh together. And I was just like... That is the best scene in the I, movie. I like that a lot, too. I mean, it was weird. But then I did kind of like when, like the little bandstand or thing or whatever when they finally came together. But I was just... I was like... Literally at the beginning when he's drawing and whatever, I'm like, oh, is this just going to be a fever dream? Is it going to be just like some <laughs> wild and crazy. crazy thing? Yeah. So yeah, it was just... Fucking weird. And I'm just like, I feel like I'm missing out. I feel like a lot this season, there are things that I'm just (laughs) missing out on. Yeah. I'm like, do I like camp? Like, what what do I like that has been portrayed as campy? And I was like, I like John Waters. You know. That's, yeah. Um, That's intentional camp. This is unintentional (laughs) camp. Like, this is so, this is made so earnestly Mm -hmm. that... It die. It like falls into that like, oh, you all tried so hard you, and you failed, but good for you. Good for you. We love that. Yeah. <laughs> but the cartoon, I really, I really liked the cartoon. The cartoon was fun. I liked the cartoon yeah. style. Yes. And Olivia Newton-John can sing. So. Yes. All right, Katie, let's hear it. So going into this movie, all I, I was very similar to Ashley. I, I knew that it was Olivia Newton-John. I knew it was very disco-y. I knew there was roller skating. My only, like, frame of reference for it is there's a, a Friends episode from, like, the second or third season where Joey and Chandler decide to sit in their apartment in these comfy chairs and just watch TV constantly. And Phoebe goes in and tries to, like, get them to get out of the chairs. And then she's like, oh, Xanadu's on TV. And then she's... Oh, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then she just sits and watches with them. That was like yeah. my my entire frame of reference for Xanadu. But I I kind of wanted to see it. And for, I don't know why, for some reason, I don't know why I thought that Xanadu was a planet. So I thought Xanadu was a planet and that <laughs> Olivia Newton-John... It's a nightclub! <laughs> I, I had no idea. I was expecting it to be a space story. I was expecting it to be planet Xanadu where everybody roller skates and discos and Olivia Newton-John is like the queen of the planet or whatever. And then like that... that I don't know how that got into my head, but that is what I thought this movie was. So I kept watching it. I'm like, okay, when are we going to space? When are we going to space? And I'm like... <laughs> 
Oh wait, no. I love that. You're like, no, it's Greek it's mythology. It's just a club. It's not Olympus. There's, there's, there's no reason. So yeah, I kept waiting. I was like, we're space. There are aliens. We're space, and there's nothing. So I don't know how that got in my head, but yeah. no, I thought I thought it was a lot of fun because I enjoyed the campiness and I enjoyed the like the visuals of it and just like the the glowy effects on everybody. Yeah, and it looks like they're like they're like have, the neon outline. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, whatever yes. it is. I'm like, yes, I'm on I'm on board with it. Yeah, I enjoyed the music a lot. I I was really happy that Gene Kelly danced cuz in this movie it could have gone either way and I was like I could have seen where they had it and he never winds up dancing and I was like, please just have Gene Kelly Gene Kelly dance. Yeah. If you have Gene Kelly in a movie and he doesn't dance, is it even a movie? And he is 68 years old in this. Doing and all light on his feet. He was a delight in yes. this. He was Ugh. fantastic. Uh, yeah, I had no idea Gene Kelly was in it. I, yeah, I knew nothing about this. So I thought it was a lot of fun. I liked the music. I was actually really surprised by a lot of the shooting locations because the, the building that Xanadu is in, I don't know what building I'm actually thinking of because the real building burnt down in the 80s. But there's a building in L.A., and I don't know if it's in... I think it's in Burbank or if it's, like, by Golden Road Brewery or something. There's something that looks very similar to it. And I drive by it all the time, and I'm like... I, when I looked it up, I was like, oh, wait, it burnt down. Did I imagine mm. the whole thing? Am I having a fever dream? You are oh, having God. a fever dream. It's a fever dream and a fever dream. This is the yes. inception of fever dreams, which oh, I have also never is. seen inception. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, 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 it was, it was a, it was a joy. It, I liked watching all the fashion. I liked watching the dancing. Yes. I like. Yes. It made me want to. So when I was a kid, I used to. My brothers and I, we would go in our basement, and the way our basement was situated, it had the staircase in the center, and then it was just all concrete. So it was like a big roller rink down there. Oh, fun! Yeah, we would either have. Roller skate. We had a roller. We were rollerblade household a lot, so we had rollerblades, roller skates. Some of my brothers, there were you know six of us, so some of them had trikes or whatever, and we would just go in circles around and around and around. And as I'm looking at at when they first go into Xanadu and Olivia Newton-John skating around, I'm like, man, I want to do that. That looks fun. I know. It really made me want to do that as well. Yeah. I was going to say, when we bought our house, we have an unfinished basement. And I said to Bob, I was like, we can pick up these carpet tiles that are just placed down there and we can just roller skate back and forth. Yeah. So just come to Minnesota and we'll roller skate in my basement. I tried. I would. I tried rollerblading a couple years ago again because I was like, I really miss this. I love it. And rollerblading on the sidewalks in New York City is a lot more difficult when you haven't done it in 15 years. So. Oh, yeah. And it's all bumpy. Also, our knees. I Ugh. know. I know. Poor, and stopping is really hard. Bodies. Right. Yeah. Right. But I thought it was great. Great. Well, so I think what's what's fun to think about this movie is that the reputation it has, of course, is that it's, it's not a great movie. And we all are familiar with the Golden Raspberry Awards. The Razzies. The worst in film. Well, this and the Village People film Can't Stop the Music were the reasons it was created. <laughs> because the creator of the Golden Raspberries went and saw a double feature of this and and Can't Stop the Music. And he was like, we need an award show for terrible films. <laughs> So this won the first Worst Director Award, <laughs> which is unfortunate. I don't think it's deserved, but it's not great direction. No. But I think that lends itself to, like, when a film tries so hard and it's so earnest and it, it does fail, I think people have, like, an affinity for it to support it in a way. And I think that's why this film has just, like, kind of kept on throughout the years. I mean, and can you ever really be mad at Olivia Newton-John? 
No. Like, look at her face. No. She's so angelic. She is. She looks, she's beautiful in this movie. And, and so fit. She was like 30 think, when it was made. I was like, girl, yeah. damn. I think what's also awesome about the, and well, let's, let's transition to talking about the music, is there the sequences with a bunch of dancers is everyone is so excited to be in this. Yes, they are. Everyone is just smiling and going nuts. And, and like a lot of the big dance sequences have 20 people. They're all doing something different. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, there's no real cohesion. And there's a, there's one sequence where that's intentional, but the all over the world sequence where they take Gene Kelly to a store to get a new outfit to update his style. Like that is bonkers. There's all these different people doing all these different things and you have what I imagine are these 22-year-olds who are like, I'm in a movie with Gene Kelly. <laughs> yeah. I'm dancing alongside him. And they're just like, wah! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's fucking Gene Kelly. It's fucking Gene Kelly. What was your favorite musical sequence in this? I mean, I do think, I like, well, I think the Around the World song was my favorite. But yeah. I also like, the, what, what was the song during the animation sequence? Yeah, so the music during the animated sequences don't walk away. I like that one only because it felt very much like an eighth grade dance song. <laughs> and I'm listening to it and I'm like, this sounds like a song that you would play at the dance or a roller rink when you want it to get kind of slowed down. You skate with your partner or whatever. But those, those two were my favorites. I bet that definitely yeah. happened in the early 80s. Oh, sure. Yeah. And they, they just are like, like, oh, wait, we need to like, extend the running time a bit. Let's just add the animation sequence. And it was done by Don Bluth, Yay. who I don't I can't know the timeline if I don't have the timeline correct, but this was maybe at, he probably had just left Disney or was about to leave Disney to, to work on Rats of Nim or Secret of Nim rather. And it's it's definitely like that is the Don Yeah, Bluth that style. is the vibe. Yeah. 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 It was very I was like, yeah, rock, is Rockabilly? I was like, uh a mm-hmm. Rockadoodle-doo. It was rock Rockadoodle-doo. Yes. And I was like, oh, man, I know this style. Or like Thumbelina. Yep. Thumbelina. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Ashley, what about you? What was, if you ha- I know you didn't love it, but if you had to pick a favorite musical sequence, what would it be? I was going to pick the animated sequence just because it was animated. And because it literally, like, they wrote the song and they didn't want to shoot live action because they couldn't figure out how to do it. So they just made an animated sequence, which I was like, Wait, you can't do live action when a person turns into a fish, turns into a bird, back (laughs) into a person? And then... And then the, the sequence ends, and it's like, okay, next I day. Like, do, are we not going to address the fact that they were just it turned into fish and no. birds? <laughs> no. And shrunk into the size of thimbles? Nope. I mean, maybe it's a metaphor for what? I don't know. Again, that's why I love this shit. I love it. <laughs> there was something I liked about the sequence when it was, they were in the club, and it was the different styles, and, like, big band coming together with, like, the early 80s rock, spandex, whatever type of look. I did like how it came together. He was like, I want want rock with, like, bright orange, you know, jumpsuits and synthesizers. I was like, sure, that's rock, okay. And Gene Kelly is like, I would like some big band, please. (laughs) I'd like a little more of that. That, I think that's my favorite one, Ashley. Yeah. Yeah, it was so... I think my problem is that I don't appreciate things that are so out there. And so obviously I need to work on that. But that, that sequence, I was like, you know what? There was a lot of 
production. There's a lot of coordination. There's a lot of choreography to make that all come together seamlessly. So I appreciate the effort and the artistry put into it. So that particular sequence, it's the song Dancing with the big band and this group from San Francisco called The Tubes. And they were like this rock band. That's not a song that they wrote. It was written by lyricists for the film. So they recorded it and they go, okay, so yeah, we're going to come to set and we're going to record this sequence. They got there and did not know that they were going to be mashing with the big band. At the oh, end. oh. So you had these two different styles and at the end, like they all mashed together. And what I think is a really, really beautiful mash of these styles. It works so perfectly. And they were like, wow, this is pretty cool. Like they had no idea that this was going to happen because they're kind of just making things up on the fly. And they've never performed it live, ever. Like, and they're, they're still, like, together. Like, yeah, we don't perform it live because, like, it's not our song. But everyone's like, please just do it for us. <laughs> I really, I love that sequence as well because I'm thinking, like, okay, so you've got, the reason that they have that is because you have Gene Kelly and he had opened, like, a big band, like, jazz club in New York in the 40s, and then Sonny wants to open a club with that's more modern to the time, and I kept thinking, it, that sequence actually just reminded me a lot of those Gap commercials from the 90s. Mm. Oh my and God, yes. It did, right? And so I'm watching this, and I'm like, this feels like the swing commercials from the 90s. So I'm trying to think, I'm like, okay, if you were to open a club in Los Angeles in 1980, and I'm like, what... Would would it still be around now if he opened a rock club? I was like, no. Would it still be around now if they opened a 40s revival big band club? And I was like, I think so. Because, you know, it was something that, first of all, older people in the 80s probably would have gone to. But then you get the whole, like, big band swing revival in the 90s. So at least it would, and, you know, and then you get the whole speakeasy stuff that starts coming up in the 2000s. So I'm like... Honestly, you should listen to Gene Kelly. I think, like, try and... Always listen to Gene Kelly. Always listen to Gene Kelly. But with those two, and then given Olivia Newton-John's big band thing at the end, where there was, like, there was there was rock, there was, there was the, like, a big band sequence, there was country, there was, country. Uh, like... Rock, there was rock. That was yeah. so fucking yeah, weird. Disco. I did not understand that. I did like her gold uh, microphone, though. Yeah. I liked her, her rock, her, that, the first outfit she starts in. Yeah, yeah, because Xanadu opens and she shows up and it, it, it is the title sequence and it ends. And then there's like five more songs, but they all begin and end very abruptly mm-hmm. and with all these different costume changes. And then it goes back to Xanadu and then she disappears yep. at the end. I was actually, yeah, because she, she does that whole sequence and then she disappears at the end. And there's nobody else in the club. So I kept thinking, I'm like, were they, is Sonny dreaming this whole thing with the performance at the end? Because you don't see any patrons. Yeah, but then they all pop into the the frame a little bit after that. Yeah, that rewatching, I was like, huh, where did everybody go? (laughs) Again, fever dream. These are all the little bits to tell you about the fever dream. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think listeners... With, with a musical, like, it's easier for you to just, like, watch these clips by themselves on, on YouTube yeah. instead of watching the whole movie. So, like, go watch the go watch the dancing sequence. Go watch the Xanadu sequence. 
and the don't look away sequence. Like, I mean, if, if you're going to watch it, just watch the whole thing once. It's worth one watch. Yeah. yeah. And you can, there are multiple places you can stream it. If you have a Hulu premium membership, you can watch it for free. If you have a Cinemax member or subscription, you can watch it through Prime. Otherwise, I rented it through Prime for three ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah. This, so with any, you know, popular film, years later, it was a show on Broadway. <laughs> and did I go see it opening week? Yes. Oh of course God. you did. Of oh course you did. <laughs> I saw it at the Helen Hayes Theater with the original cast. And that one is, they, they changed several things from it. So like the mural at the beginning is actually something that Sonny has created. And the muses come from. That's better. That. Yeah, I like that. that. And two of, two of the muses are these like older women who are like evil. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to see more of the and they're like, muses. They're kind of like villains in it. So which, which make it great. And yes, parts of the musical are completely on roller skates. And, and so much so that the original Sonny Malone had to step out, step out of the role because he like broke his leg the <gasps> week before Dude, the show opened. And so Cheyenne Jackson had to like had to like jump in at the end to take on this oh, role. Oh, Cheyenne Jackson was in it? I like Yeah, him. yeah, he played Sonny. There's actually if you go on YouTube, you can watch the entire musical. It, somebody has like a bootleg version that they obviously filmed on a phone from their seat. It's terrible like transfer. But you get a lot of the jokes. It's super tongue-in-cheek. It ran for a little over a year. Got five Tony nominations. Wow. So shout-out to Carrie Butler, who played Kira in the, in, in the show. And it did win a Drama Desk Award for Best Book. And the writer was Douglas Carter Bean, who wrote the film Chu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything. Oh, Julie I love that movie so much. So, so you mean like musical book, not like novelization? Book. Like the script. Okay. The script of the, yeah, yeah. I actually recommend checking out that that musical as well. The music is the same. They do like electric, like orchestra all over this business. Who doesn't love a this little This is my yellow. first like, I love them. I like yellow too. And I, I was really surprised. I had no idea that they did all the music for this. Really? Nope. Learning new stuff every day. Graham, did we say what your favorite song was? My favorite song is Xanadu. Oh, okay. But my favorite sequence is dancing. Okay. Sometimes when I'm at home, I do lip sync to Xanadu to my dog. <laughs> lip sync? And she's like, no, I can't sing. I feel like you would just sing anyway. I've heard, oh, God, I've girl, heard, I can't. You, I've heard you sing, though. <laughs> we sang at the top of this, and we know how off-key all of us uh. are. <laughs> But this kind of around this time period, there were a lot—not a lot. There was there is another notable early '80s schlocky musical that has a cult classic, and that's called The Apple. Have you all heard of The Apple? No. The Apple is takes place in the future, 1994, <laughs> and <laughs> it's basically like an Adam and Eve kind of a story set in futuristic LA in '94. It is. Bonkers, but everyone should watch it. Maybe we'll do a future episode about it. But it's almost like this film, when it came out, it was already dated because disco was on its way out. And there's not a lot of disco in this movie, but it has that kind of disco vibe. And these like roller boogie, roller skating craze was was not as prominent when it was coming out. So it's just it's great that it has continued on for the past. 40 years. I mean, we're still talking about it. People are still talking about it. There's midnight shows all still happening. 
Yeah, nobody's going to be talking about anything I create in 40 years, so. <laughs> you don't know that. Well, we'll see about that. Yeah. No, I, like, I do know that. Nobody's going to be like, yeah. you know those library policies that you switched yeah. around 2020? Those are great. Well done. Nobody's, nobody's going to say shit about that. Well, now I will be. I'm going to put it in my planner and... When we're in our seventies, you're gonna bring it back up. If if the do you remember? If the Twitter account tweets about it, it will live forever. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll work on that. <laughs> That's how I'll live on. Yeah. Like, but what is y'all's general relationship with musicals? Because I know some people can't stand them because they think they're totally like unrealistic and. Oh, I mean, like I'm not watching a musical for realism. Yeah, but there's some people like, oh, I can't get into it because it's just so, like, people breaking out into song and dance. I'm like, yeah, exactly. How fun is that? You know, I usually enjoy the musical episode of TV shows. I think I prefer musicals live, like the being able to see it on stage. I'm trying to think about, like, what musical, other musical movies that I've been kind of into, like true, true musical Right. And I'm currently blanking, but maybe you guys will think of some. But I remember like when Crazy Ex-Girlfriend came out, I really liked that TV show. Mm. You know, there's always a few musical numbers in there. And I think the first musical I got into as a kid was Oklahoma because I would sing Surrey with the Fringe on top. (laughs) But yeah, it's not necessarily my go to. I think I think when I honestly when I think of musicals. And I think of my experiences, I just think of, like, Disney animated movies. You yeah. Know? I mean, those are the That's, musicals of our childhood. Yeah. Still have those on VHS. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't know. Katie? So I'm, first of all, with you on the on the Disney movies. You know, those are the ones that you you know all the songs, you know all the words, you enjoy the story. Of course, when I think of soundtracks that I've owned from, you know, musical things... I, of course, had the Newsy soundtrack. I listen to it all the time. I love it. But the biggest one that I can think of, even though it's not a movie, is Avenue Q. Because okay. I, had that, I had that CD before I even saw the show on Broadway. <laughs> yeah, cause, well, because, yeah. Graham, I think you and I saw it together for the first time. That's yeah, right, we got, Katie, we did. We got those rush tickets yep. that were like the furthest row in the back of the theater on the second level. Bring our binoculars. Yeah, but we <laughs> but we knew all the words because I had been yep. listening to the album for so long. So, yep. you know, and, and I'm, I'm very, very lucky in that my family was very big on taking us to musicals on Broadway. So we saw Phantom of the Opera when I was a kid. Oh, Yeah. And some of my some of my brothers, well, one brother in particular was extremely obsessed with it. He, oh my god, Aaron loved it. Aaron loved it. He's Adam of the Opera is fantastic. It was very yeah. well done. Can I just tell you a quick thing about? So you were, you were talking about how oh what this is what I thought Dana Do was about. When I saw Phantom of the Opera the first time, I was like, he's a Dick. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's I, true. Thought this was, I thought that it was like this, like, oh, he's misunderstood and he's lonely. Like, no, he tries to murder people and he's horrible. <laughs> and why are we, why do people like this so much? <laughs> he tries to murder also people. Also reminds me of when I saw Les Mis oh. and I was, it was intermission and I turned to my friend Annalise and I go, everybody is dying. <laughs> and she goes, Graham, it translates into the miserables. What the <laughs> fuck did you think? 
I go, I don't know. I thought that was going to be fun. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Because I was like, why is this show that been running for, these shows have been running for was, 30 years, and they're so sad. It's boring as hell. I re- like, we had a class trip, and we went to go see Les Mis, and I fell asleep. I was so bored. I tried to see it, like, three times, and I'm like, I, not for me. I was like, oh my god, every, like literally everybody is dying in this. This is so sad. What? Why? I don't get it. That's such a happy title. So when I was in the car, when I had to go to Colorado for my family emergency, it, there was just like a, a group of CDs that Bob had put in the car. And of course there's like five or six metal CDs and then there's stuff I would listen to. But one of them was Into the Woods. He has the Into <gasps> the Woods soundtrack. So I listened to that for a little bit. And then Katie, Bob's been talking to me about this. There's a horror musical I believe, called Anna and the Apocalypse. Have you oh, ever heard yeah. of that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Obviously, That's you've heard of it, so you're like, no. Yeah, no, I'm not, not into it. Sorry. But I know what it is. What was your... Yeah. So, Katie, your first show was Phantom. I think... Your first Broadway show. I think my first Broadway show was Phantom. I mean, we had there was a there was a playhouse in New Jersey called the Paper Mill Playhouse, and they brought... They had a lot of stuff there. Mm. So my parents would bring us to that a lot. But, I yeah, the first one I can remember is Phantom, but I remember going to a few and absolutely loving them. Like, I saw the producers... I, I saw oh the producers God. with Nathan Lane and, and mm-hmm. Matthew Broderick, and I was totally like gobsmacked over how amazing it was. The mm-hmm. movie was terrible, but no, I like yeah. I like the movies. You're almost still Gene Wilder, but I yeah, the Broadway. No, I mean no the no the movie of <gasps> oh, the musical. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, bad. the one that was that was bad. Yeah, but I was yeah. like, no, that original is good, but yeah, I so yeah, I I like going to musicals. It's it's never my first choice when it's a movie, but I enjoy the experience when you see it in, mm. in person. Ashley, what was your first? We have a lot of really great theater in Minneapolis, um, in the Twin Cities, which is Minneapolis and St. Paul. It's actually the highest per capita. So we've had a lot of great theater and musicals. As a kid, they have something called the Children's Theater, which has put on a lot of a lot of great shows, really accessible to children. Other than the fact that there's this huge like sex abuse scandal which fuck you for fucking with kids and other anyways i could just I could go off on that <laughs> but they actually have done like a really fun interesting rendition of cinderella and we take my nephews there a lot but the first musical i remember seeing was phantom we went like a few years a few years in a row and i remember i got to like dress up in a in a fun dress but my first show on broadway was cabaret and I, I went to visit my friend Laura, freshman year of college. I took, I took the min, mega bus or whatever down to New York City, got out at Times Square, and it was raining. And I was like, everybody had umbrellas. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so overwhelming. And then we were, since she went to NYU, there was something where you could sign up to be like ushers, and then you got to see shows for free. Oh, cool. And that's what we did. And that's how I saw Cabaret. And holy shit, that was good. Oh my God. That's, I still, you know, I get that little like nostalgia and like retro FOMO of like, why don't I live in New York? So when you guys talk about (laughs) getting like rush tickets and being able to go, I'm like, oh, I would have fucking loved that. And it makes me, now that we're talking about it, it really makes me, once theater and everything else can start back up again, it wants me to actually, or now I want to really take advantage of living in a place where there actually is a lot of really great theater because... I do really love it, and I realize it's. I really miss that. Yeah, I miss it too. Yeah, LA theater yeah. sucks. 
San Francisco's good. It's pretty good. What were your first ones, Graham? It was the first time we went to New York. It was 1997. And the first show I saw was Titanic. Ooh. And then the next time we saw Chicago. Ooh. Oh, yes. This was like with with Ein Ranking. And I think it was B.B. Newirth. And I remember being like, I think this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, Ashley, when you told your, your bus story, it reminded me of when in college we watched the Tony Awards and Wicked won Best Musical. And our friend Jess and I were like, we're going to get tickets. <laughs> so we, the second it won, we went on Ticketmaster and bought tickets oh, wow. for like the following weekend matinee. And this is the only thing I could have done at age 20 or 19, however old we were. Took the bus up that morning, went to the matinee, and came back home. Oh, my home. God. Mm-hmm. You went down? We came back home on the, we came back home on the Fung Wah bus. Yes. Oh, my God. I the Fung Yeah. And there were live chickens, <laughs> and I was like, "Worth it!" <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. I do. Yeah, I think, I think, think like watching something like this, and 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 thinking about those like communal experiences. Like, I can't wait to to take advantage of as you yeah. say, Ashley, mm-hmm. and also take advantage of things that I've never done before. Like, I've never been to the ballet. Oh, the ballet's great. Like, like, or I went years ago, but like not the San Francisco ballet and not the symphony here. Like I got a live stuff. Come on. You know, yeah. if there was a roller skating rink like this, I would go. There actually is one here. But I think I there is still open. a roller oh rink. I think the roller garden is still open in Minnesota. We used to go there. Those were the best, oh, the best birthdays, I, the best birthdays. I Agreed. loved, it's like, I can't remember what the name of the effect is and maybe somebody else can tell me, but it's like when you're on a roller coasters all throughout the day. And so I distinctly remember going roller skating and we just roller skated for hours and hours. And then I came home and it was like my body was trying to right itself. And so I was just laying down on the pullout couch in the basement and it felt like I was roller skating backwards. Yes. And I was like, oh my God, it's amazing. I love it. God, ugh. Oh, be- uh, someone invited me to their birthday at a roller rink. I'm like, I'm there. <laughs> Cannot wait. And then maybe I'll hold hands with a girl that I had a crush on because I thought I was straight. (laughs) (laughs) I remember somebody in their 20s or when we were in our 20s in Minneapolis had their birthday at the roller rink. And like I went wearing some like crazy outfit and like obviously brought other clothes and then realized that like other people were serious about it. And I kept on for about five minutes, and then I was like, okay, I'm just going to change into regular clothes. I didn't realize it was going to be so serious. Yeah, and then I was, I'm actually, like, not a good roller skater. I'm not great at roller skating or rollerblading, which really threw a wrench in my non-existent roller girl career that I wanted to do (laughs) briefly. But I was like, I'm in grad school, and they have practices twice a week, and it's like, yeah, also when you suck at roller skating, you can't even roller skate backwards, so. That's a skill, and we, again, as I mentioned, our knees, we can't do it anymore. No, I'm I'm very accident-prone. I already have a giant scar on one of my knees, so that's enough. Girl. Yeah. I mean, ma'am. <laughs> ma'am. Or in Lady. the British word, mum. Mum. No, please don't say that. Well, so, we got off topic, but, Katie, would you ever watch this again? Maybe you watch bits and pieces of it? I don't Think, so I don't think I would just sit down and watch it on I my don't, own. I, don't blame you. I, don't I blame think you. if it was like on at a party or something or you wanted to watch it and like we all wanted to like have a couple drinks, like I think that would be fun. Oh, we're gonna get stoned. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think that would be great. If I got one of the songs stick in my head, which very likely could happen, I, I would, you know, go to YouTube and watch the song. But I don't think 
like I sat down at my couch this morning at like 10 or 10.30 this morning, grabbed my cup of coffee and put Xanadu on, and I don't think I would do that again. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but it, was, it, was, it was fun. It was fun. Good. Yeah. Ashley? I am glad that I saw it. Mostly. Okay. Meaning, like, I wasn't paying attention the whole time, which is, like, Ashley. classic problem. <laughs> we we know. need to put the lock on your phone we know this for is when the thing you're watching that's gonna the movies. Be for me. No, don't, don't, don't take away my baby. In all honesty, this Listen, guys, w- I've had to give up other addictions. I can't. I mean, there are parts of it that I'm like, get to it. Like, get come to on. the point. Where are, yeah. where are the songs? Yeah, I don't blame <laughs> yeah. you, Ashley. I would rewatch this if... I ever start drinking or doing drugs again. <laughs> and then I would I would partake and then watch the movie and see if it was more enjoyable. But that is not something that's going to happen in my immediate future, hopefully. Um, so, no, not... <laughs> Ashley's like, I've relapsed because of Xanadu. I had two fucking years this weekend and then Yay! motherfucking Xanadu. So, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not going to watch it again. I'm not offended at all. No, I totally... Y'all, I get it. It's I mean, but everybody. there's shit that's way worse, right? I mean, I worked on stuff that, that was terrible. in LA it just missed the mark a little bit you know what I mean it missed the mark enough that like and it was just a mishmash of too much to be a cohesive single thing but there were some parts that were you know enjoyable I I think that the reputation it has is probably from a lot of like straight film critics straight male film critics Mm. and and that as we all know has you know what they say through, throughout film criticism history is, is what goes. This is not as bad as it's being made out to mm-hmm. be. So if you're in the mood for just some camp and some ultra silliness, put it on. You'll have a good time. Just go with that frame of reference. I did yeah, don't read listen one of the... to that. Oh, sorry. are you going to say the same thing? I, I was going to say, probably. don't listen to the one sentence review that says Xana don't. In fact, <laughs> Xana do. Xana do. do. <laughs> Brandon's like, Brandon did not enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was like, I don't get it. Like, oh, me and Brandon can bond over he, it. He goes, why did he make a, like, why was he involved in this club? Like, because he needed to create something, Brandon. Were you not paying attention? <laughs> I am right there with Brandon. And then I'll be like, <laughs> Brandon, let's go watch Young and Hungry or... <laughs> Whatever okay, that actually, one, d- daddy, TV baby daddy, <laughs> or baby daddy, the TV show. Yes. Well, I'm so glad that we could chat about this and about all the fun stuff that comes from our, our queen, Olivia. Before we get to next week's, we have a little mini. Let me introduce you. Mini, let me introduce you. Hey. We are so nerdy. So ever since Graham started posting little clips of our recorded Zoom, I've made sure that I look a little better on camera <laughs> because I am nothing yeah, if not vain. <laughs> Listen, I was like literally putting on mascara before, like while we were talking to our guests last week. I was like, excuse me, I just need to barely make a difference on this tiny screen. You look amazing. Mm-hmm. Guys, my eyebrows are tattoos. Like, obviously, I care about what I look like. They are? Yeah. yeah. Didn't I tell you about that? They're microbladed. What? Yeah, she yeah. does it. She I does did it like every... four years ago. Yeah. What? Yeah. I'm learning. See, friendship. Friendship is learning things. Friendship is learning things. You just thought my makeup was so fantastic and perfect every what single time. What microblading? What is that? They, 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 they <laughs> stick the needles into your, like a tattoo. And yeah. they, well, they stick them in. 
So my artist, who is Emily Apolis on Instagram. Shout out. Shout out to Emily. She's done a few of my tattoos. She actually takes a mini X-Acto knife, and then she custom blends a couple of colors to match it, and then essentially, like, draws little hairs. But there's, like, a few different ways to do it, and there's, like, the more makeup-y look and, like, shading and all this stuff. Yeah, I did this, I like... microblading was just being, like, boop, 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 with a little micro blade. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's literally a micro <laughs> <gave> blade. <laughs> yeah, because so, the, the okay, gays so, never so anyway. get their eyebrows microbladed. Yeah. yeah, no, that's... That's true. I'm actually... I'm, I'm, well, I'm really butch. Yeah. I mean, you are, <laughs> No, I just, I, Before this, I took a phone book and ripped it in half, so... I love you. It was so masculine. Brandon was like, oh, my God, I'm so wet. <laughs> Anyways, getting to my actual mini, oh, let I'm me sorry, introduce I'm you. <laughs> I'm so masculine. I <laughs> sorry, okay. Yeah, yeah yes, Ashley, what is, your, what is your real product <laughs> thing? What is your product? Oh. What is my product that I, I, I'm not getting paid for this, but feel free. I actually learned about this from a friend of mine who is also a podcaster, Nora McInerney, who has the fantastic podcast, Terrible. Thanks for asking. If you ever see me, I often wear my terrible sweatshirt when we're recording because it is the most fucking comfortable thing ever. So it's part of American public media. Check it out. So she told me about this amazing lipstick that I get at Target, and then I use my red card and get 5% off. But it's Maybelline Superstay Matte Ink. And today, I am wearing a color called Pioneer. Oh, it's It's very nice. And then I've also been wearing this pink one. Maybe it's Maybelline. I don't wear lipstick because I eat it. It, like, comes off. This You want to, like, bite it? Yeah, I just gnaw on it like snack. Uh, this is what is so amazing about this. For. These are, like, $7, <laughs> although I got the lip crayon called Treat Yourself, which is a nice pink, on sale for, like, $3. This shit does not come off. Like, yeah. once you let it dry, oh, my God, it stays on for hours and hours and it hours. It doesn't, like, like, get all, like, peely and shit, because I've had one, I've had liquid lipsticks, and then, like, maybe four or five hours later, it's all, like, Gnarly. Okay, so one, you need to make sure that you're regularly exfoliating your lips so it doesn't do that. So you got to make sure the condition of your lips is really good. Oh, it's it's Katie, so I can't good. Believe, I can't believe I can't believe we have to remind you to exfoliate your lips. <laughs> you, Jonathan Van Ness made a really nice like DIY lip exfoliate. It's like sugar and a couple of other things. But no, if you, I think for some, yeah, some are like terrible like that. But this one doesn't really do that unless I reapply it too much and then you're just getting too many layers right but no it's fantastic I literally try to use like makeup wipes that I often use to take off my makeup because I'm lazy and I have to use like legit makeup remover to get this off or like you know my actual face wash when I occasionally wash my face Guys, I'm in my late 30s now. I need to get a real yeah. I need to get a real skincare routine. But yeah, I highly recommend it. Maybelline Superstay Matte Ink Lipsticks. They're and really that great. Maybelline is a startup and they need our they, have <laughs> they haven't really been around very long. Get <laughs> also please sponsor us. Yes. Target, Maybelline, we whoever. Have a list of sponsors who have yet to reach out. I know. Us, yeah. So. we're but still here. Just saying. Still waiting. Pornhub. But day. And Tushy. Actually. Okay, yeah. honestly, Tushy, like, I talked about you yesterday with friends. 
and I am wondering where you're at. Where are you, Tushy? Tushy, where are you at? I have one in my home. I'm actually debating. I had an existing bidet that we tried to put into our basement bathroom, and it went horribly. And I was like, fuck this thing. I just want to buy another Tushy. I really yeah, like the so, little lever that, that does the direction. Yes. It's really nice. And it's I so pretty. I'm a clean asshole. I love Who it. Who doesn't? doesn't? So, Katie... <laughs> Some people don't like clean assholes. Speaking of clean uh, assholes. Excuse me. <laughs> My butthole is just ah. fine. Thank you. But there's nothing like a bidet clean. Honestly, yeah. once you go, you won't go back. All right. I'm work- let's get her. Let's get her away. Ashley, let's get her. Okay. Well, well. <laughs> she can't hear us because we <laughs> Yeah, we're whispering on that. We will both works. pitch in and send her a tushy. We'll we'll find a discount code. I'm sure someone has one. Tushy. I'll think of all. You said, think- use discount code. Let me intro you <laughs> for. A- <laughs> I will think of each of you. I will think of both of you every time my butt is clean. So thank you. Yeah, it's got to be shorter. The 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 codes are short, so it's got to be like let me. Let me let me clean your. <laughs> Okay, Katie, what's coming up next week? Speaking of clean assholes, what's the next week, Katie? That that is a weird segue, but okay. So continuing our Let's Get Musical, I will be talking Mm. about the 1986 Oscar-nominated, directed by Frank Oz film, Little Shop Uh, of Horrors. I'm so excited. Ashley, this is intro to you. Yeah, I have never never seen seen this. this. And this is, I think this is one of those things where people are like, you've never seen that, but you've been in film school. And also Rick Moranis. So I'm a little disappointed I've never seen it, but I'm also really excited that I've never seen it. So you guys can intro it. Do you know what it's about? Or is this like... Something about a, he like falls in love with a plant and then it eats people or something. Okay. Uh, Katie, don't don't correct me. Okay. <laughs> it's also got Steve Martin in one of the best cameo roles ever. So, or the plant still- falls in love oh, with the human. So There's excited. a romance and a people eating plant. That's well, all I, guess I know. We'll, we'll find out. We'll find out next week. I guess you'll find no. out. Yeah. Maybe you'll be disappointed. <laughs> I will make sure to put my phone down for this one. No, there. Oh, I'm so excited! Yay! It's gonna be good. Frank Oz. Yes, perfect. Well, y'all, thanks so much for coming. You can find us at Instagram at Let Me Intro You Pod and on Twitter at Let Me Intro You. Yeah, all right, find us, message us. Did you like Santa Do? If you did, let us know what your favorite musical sequences are, and because I know you did, and we will see you next week. Bye. 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 Let Me Introduce You is a podcast hosted by Graham Veth, Katie Kubert, and Ashley Crone. Music by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 License. Make sure to follow the Let Me Introduce You podcast on Instagram at Let Me Intro You Pod and on Twitter at Let Me Intro You. 